0: frequency.
1: Contact with your host, Dr. Jason Q. Rand. All right, everybody, Uh, welcome in contact tonight, but uh, we are doing it without Dr. Rand. Uh, it is I, your ever so humble and mostly peaceful guest host, Tim Tap, filling in. Uh, glad to have you guys here. Always a blast to be over on The Last Frequency, doing an exclusive here. Uh, certainly want to make sure that everybody sends positive thoughts and energy towards Dr. Rand. He is uh, uh, recovering from some medical issues. We'll get him back as soon as possible. In the meanwhile, thank you so much for being here, and we'll do something that's a little outside of the norm for this broadcast. We're gonna talk straight up politics, period. Why? Because that's pretty much what I do. So uh I'm not gonna try to discredit or besmirch the fine programming here that normally requires. just gonna sit in here, guest host, and uh again jump right into things. Uh, guys, I've been on the air for a while today, so forgive me if I start to sound a little tired. I've done two hours of my own show. I did the biggest part of an hour with uh, Ron Edwards and the Ron Edwards American Experience and been trying to work on some stuff in the meanwhile. But uh, in that time period, some new news broke regarding the crackdown in Canada. Uh, Tyrant Trudeau, a.k.a. self-imposed Emperor Trudeau has decided that enough is still just not quite enough. Uh, here just a little while ago, around 6, 6.15 Eastern Time, uh, we've got news breaking that the temporary financial uh, tracking uh, programs that was put in place, well, they're not so happy with leaving it temporary. Uh, reading here from the National Review... Quoting from the article, As all eyes were trained on the aggressive police sweep of the Ottawa trucker convoy this week, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau' administration was quietly moving to implement a sweeping expansion of surveillance power at the federal level. The Trudeau government's financial war against the truckers has been covered at length by multiple outlets, including myself and Ron Edwards and uh, several folks here at The Last Frequency. But one underreported aspect of this broader assault on Canadian civil liberties is the effort to bring crowdfunding and payment service providers, two of the most prominent routes for financial interactions on the Internet, under the permanent control of a centralized authority. Back in February, on the 14th specifically, uh, a news conference took place where the Canadian finance minister, Ms. Christina Freeland, uh, ironically enough, said that the uh, government was using the Emergencies Act to broaden, quote, the scope of Canada's anti-money laundering and terrorist financing rules so that they could cover crowdfunding platforms and the payment service providers they use that broadening power required all forms of digital transactions including cryptocurrencies to be reported to the financial transactions and reports analysis center of canada now as of today all crowdfunding platforms and the payment services providers they use must register with Fintrack and They must report large and suspicious transactions to Fintrack. This still all part of Freeland's big speech she gave on the 14th. Big valentines to the uh, trucker convoy. But not just the trucker convoy. We're talking about the rest of Canada. We're talking about anybody who's investing in crypto. We're talking about anybody who had the bright idea, even folks here in the United States, of sending money to try to help these folks legally protest, legal until Emperor Trudeau declared himself emperor and decided it was legal no more. Yes, it affects everyone in Canada. Freeland said that the trucker convoy, which had assembled to protest coronavirus restrictions, had highlighted the fact that digital assets and funding mechanisms weren't captured by the Canadian government's pre-existing surveillance powers. Translation, oh, there was something we weren't keeping a close enough eye on. There was something that posed a threat, posed a risk to us being able to stop you in your tracks if you wanted to, you know, be part of a liberty-expressing idea. Identity-related activity. You know, we're talking about if you decided you were going to do a little protest, boom, we can't stop you. Somebody can send you money, keep you going. Oh, no. Anyway, Freeland reiterated at that point that in subsequent press conferences, uh, quote, we reviewed – Very very carefully The tools at the disposal Of the federal government And we used all the tools That we had prior To the invocation of the emergencies act And then Then we determined That we needed some additional tools Now Some of those tools We will be putting forward measures To put those tools permanently in place Permanently In place Come on, the authorities, man. The authorities of FinTrack, I believe, do need to be expanded to cover crowdsourcing platforms and their payment providers. Bottom line is they saw a weakness in their ability to control, and they're gonna move forward. I'm gonna leave the article right where it is for now. I think we've seen enough. I think we've heard enough. We've definitely heard enough from Emperor. Trudeau and all his royal court the question now is what is going to happen next in order for the emergency powers act to continue Justin and company are supposed to go before the federal legislature there which of course operates a little different the the parliament is a bit different than what we're accustomed to here He's supposed to get enough people to sign off on it, but now he he appears to have won the day. He's cleaned out the street in front of the Capitol. He sent in the shock troopers. He assaulted protesters. He assaulted media journalists. I'm sure by now most of you have probably seen footage of that young lady working for Rebel News who got shot in the leg with a, a rubber bullet. Rather painful experience if you've never had it happen to you. We've also got news where the Canadian... Uh, there are certain premiers in certain districts that are suing Trudeau. 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 la <laughs> They're suing him over the use of the Emergencies Act because there is no insurrection. There is no coup. Now, I don't know enough about Jason Kenny. He's the premier of the Canadian province of Alberta. But True Dumb just says that. Okay, gotcha. Uh, uh, Cajun's letting me know uh, uh, I should just be calling him true, true Dumb, and I don't disagree. But the emperor, as he would prefer you call him, uh, he's he's tightening the grip. But uh, this Jason Kinney I was talking about, he's the premier of uh, the Canadian province of Alberta. He announced yesterday... That he was going to sue the federal government of Canada and Trudeau for their use of the Emergencies Act, calling the move unjustified in the circumstances. Now, if he gets in front of a legit group of judges, he's going to win. Because, as he said, there is no insurrection. There is no coup. There is no occupation. Now... I would say that these being Canadians, this was probably a bit more polite than the protest-turned-to-riot January 6th event that a lot of folks on the left here in the states like to call an insurrection. But I would love for this guy to inform uh, our Democrats uh, that that's also not an insurrection. I would love for people to come to the point and realize that there is a difference between legitimate protest when a government has overstepped its bounds… And actual attempts to overthrow the government, trying to get the government forced to change a policy, try to force the government to change the direction they're taking, especially when it exceeds their constitutional authorities, is the responsibility of the citizens of that country. It's not just a right. It's not just a legal protest. It is the responsibility. Now, the only violence I saw was in reaction to the police moving against them. So I'd say that they're about a half a step better than what we saw took place in January at the Capitol building here. But neither was an insurrection, not even close, not by any definition. So should the emergency power acts have been enacted in Canada? Clearly not There's no reason why it should have been But Here we are Seeing them now Doing the very thing That most of us have warned against When it comes to tyrants (coughs) Excuse me When it comes to tyrants Whatever powers they claim They will not relinquish And we're already seeing This effort in the Canadian government to make permanent their ability to keep you from making financial contributions to worthy causes. Now it's up to you to determine what a worthy cause is. We had GoFundMe down here trying to decide what a worthy cause should be, trying to decide once they had accepted millions and millions of dollars on behalf of the Freedom Convoy in Canada that, oh well… No, we're not going to send money to them, so we're going to send that money to other charities. Uh, We'll decide what charities. What? No. Hang on. There's a word for that, GoFundMe. That word just so happens to be theft. We contributed our hard-earned money. Millions of American citizens wanting to be part of the effort to stand up for liberty in Canada because we know we're going to need to stand up for liberty here in the United States and would like to have assistance and backup from our friends to the north. I was involved in the conversation with Ron Edwards earlier today, and we were talking about what happens when your government is no longer working in your best interest. When in fact they're no longer working in the best interest of the nation or the individual citizens or in fact engaging in activities that really have no other, no better description than evil. It was a conversation well worth listening to. So if you missed that conversation, I highly recommend you go check out uh, Ron's archives and listen to today's broadcast. Ron was on fire today, by the way. The conversation comes to a simple conclusion, though, and that conclusion is when your government is evil, you must treat it as such. Now, here in the United States, there's a right way and a wrong way to go about protesting, and a protest should never evolve into a riot. You should do everything in your power to avoid it. There are times when that's difficult, but you should make every effort. There is a… Difference between civil disobedience and blatant criminality. Civil, di- civil disobedience happens when you are breaking the edicts of a local dictate. They will tell you that you're a blatant criminal. They will tell you that you're breaking the laws. They will turn the police loose on you. They will tell the police that you are breaking laws. But there's a simple definition of law in most free-minded, liberty-loving Western civilizations. Because the idea of a separation of powers within a government is no longer a unique one. The idea that there is an executive, that there is a legislative, and that there is a judicial branch has become commonplace, although how they go about operating these are very different. What the Guaranteed constitutional protections in each nation is very different. But if something has not been passed through the legislative body and acknowledged by the executive branch, and then if need be tested, tested thoroughly, vetted, if you will, by the judicial, then… You don't have a law. But even if you do have a law, there's a reason why there's a balance of powers here. There's a reason why the very concept that, yes, the legislative branch could very well pass something that doesn't pass constitutional muster. If you do it solely, solely based on politics, then it's very easy to push through things if you have enough of a majority – in the legislative body, and then if you just so happens to have the, the chief executive, whether it's a president or a prime minister, whatever your nation is established as, then guess what? It's easy to get that signed into law, but that's where the judicial is supposed to be separate. That's where they're not supposed to be political activists. They're supposed to be the last line of defense, the sane adults in the room when the children have taken over the other areas of the government. That's why it's so very dangerous, something we have upcoming, and not a lot of people have talked about it recently, but we're running short in the month of February. We're getting real close to the end. It's the 20th at time of this live broadcast. Very, very soon, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. is going to be unveiling his selection, his choice for nomination to the Supreme Court. Now, all we know for sure is that the only criteria he cares about is that this individual, regardless of judicial prowess and and schoolastic academic capabilities, this individual must be black and a woman, which seems rather racist and sexist at the same time. But it's the left. Identity politics is all about this stuff. Supposedly meaning nothing, but all the time it's the only thing that matters. That's identity politics, right? So then we flip things back around, and what are we really going to expect? Do we believe for a second that Joe Biden, barely there Biden, Beijing Biden, handsy, grabby, uh, touchy-feely, creepy Uncle Joe, do we believe for a second this guy is going to pick somebody who might be a black woman like, say, a Condoleezza Rice? Anybody believe that? Oh well, you know. Good luck to you, and uh, bless you if you do. You should should know better by now. This guy's going to be looking to to pick somebody that makes Sonia Sotomayor look like Clarence Thomas. Come on, man! Exactly. <laughs> we know what Joe Biden is up to. <laughs> so you, come on, man. <laughs> That's all I got to say. I mean, what are we going to get here in just a little bit? We're going to see something soon. But make no mistake about it. The folks that are currently pulling the strings, calling the shots, running both in front of the cameras and behind the scenes right now in the United States, they have the exact same mindset of the folks right now that are pushing a full-on authoritarian tyranny on our neighbors to the north in Canada. They've opened up the door. They've grabbed powers that they weren't eligible to have, and unless the Canadians push back and push back hard, they're going to forever be under the thumb. Because once their ability to move money around is taken from them, then it's only a matter of time before every other liberty is gone because they won't have the resources or the capabilities to pay their bills, let alone stand up for freedom. And if you think Joe Biden isn't watching Canada very closely with the threats of a freedom convoy here in the U.S. arriving in D.C. just in time for the State of the Union address. If you think they're not watching, not taking notes, not saying, hey, if the Canadians will put up with that, guess what we think we can probably do here? Guess what they'll try to do here? They're already putting up the barbed wire fences again. They're getting ready. They're scared. I got hairy legs. <laughs> I knew something was coming. I was sitting here watching Doug on the, the camera. I saw him pushing the button, so I was going to just wait to see what it was. And yes, yes, Corn Pop is showing up. And he's going to have to watch out for the chain and the hairy legs. <laughs> and we'll have to watch out for the chain link fencing because that's what's happening. It's coming. They're already putting up fencing. They're already putting up these incredible – now, it, it, it's hilarious that walls don't work on the border, but walls are going to keep these people safe, which is it, guys. I mean I know we've talked about that, uh, that comparison before. I know we've had the discussion. It's, it's easy to point out hypocrisy because there's plenty of hypocrisy to go around with these folks. I love the fact that Kamala Harris is the one that got sent to Germany. We're worried about what's going to happen in the Ukraine, so we're going to send our ace in the hole, our border czar, Miss Kamala Harris. Well, (laughs) at the very least, she was able to check off one of the items on her bucket list. Because, you know, you remember her excuse for not having gone to the southern border, right? She kept kept saying, well, you know, I haven't been to Europe either. Well, now she's been to Europe. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Hey Doug's telling me he's got a clip of Kamala laughing for a full minute and and it's probably a, a good time to do it i am trying to decide which is scarier the Kamala laugh or a full blown joker laugh uh and I gotta tell you, I think Kamala's is scarier i uh, I think that uh you know the the scariest joker laugh probably either comes from Mark Hamill or uh possibly from uh the uh Michael Keaton Batman movie. I can't think of his name. What am I doing? But anyway, oh. <laughs> San Francisco.
0: So my point is, how do you how do you define
1: what you hear? I appreciate you being here on New Day. <laughs> Not everybody landed punches like you did, though. <laughs> so you don't mean it. It's called Candidate Mixtape.
0: That was hip hop. Cardi B. <laughs> 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 In an hour, Shakespeare, oh my. God.
1: The, the best part of that is most of that was laughter caught directly after Kamala was asked what it's like working with Joe Biden. And the idea of Joe Biden working, uh, it, it struck her kind of funny. <laughs> okay. Now, as you can see, though, that's a pretty scary laugh. That is her reflexive position. That is As soon as you ask her a question that she's not comfortable answering, that's what you get. And as you can tell, it's mostly forced and it's mostly scary. And I'm going to say Kamala Kamala's is scarier than the Joker and slightly more, slightly more grating. It is very close, though, than Hillary Clinton's cackle. They're very close, though, on that. Very close. All right. So uh, what we have is Kamala going to Germany. Now, if you're going to send her to anywhere in Europe, I guess Germany is a good a place, isn't he? I mean uh, the birthplace of the ideology that her and her party are currently uh, pushing, uh, it initially came from there, although Germans are still trying to separate themselves from that. You know, the nationalist socialist Labor union uh, that eventually became better known around the world as the Nazis, Uh, that's where they paired up. So, you know, it's good research. Good research. (laughs) Yeah. It's an homage trip. It's a freaking pilgrimage. Uh, At any rate, we get Kamala sent to Germany to to help alleviate the situation on the ground. And yet we're told by Biden that he's already made up his mind. Putin is going to make the move. It's too late to change. But is it too late? Because Kamala comes back and says today, literally just a a few hours ago – that uh, we still think that uh, some of these uh, possible penalties that we could put up here, some of these sanctions that we want to put in place, could still possibly encourage Vladimir not not to invade the Ukraine. So which is it, guys? Has he already made up his mind, or is there still a chance? Now, we were told earlier today that after a rather lengthy phone call with French President Macron that... Putin and Macron came away both saying that there's still an open door. problem is that door opens right into Ukraine. There is a vision that Vladimir Putin has. The vision is him as the head of the reformed Soviet Union. He believes he's rebuilding the, the former Russian Empire to its greatest glory. He was working in the KGB on the day that the Soviet Union dissolved. He's on record as having saying that that was one of the most terrible days in Russian history. Every step he has taken since that day has been a move to put him in charge and then to begin the process of rebuilding. So he wants the Ukraine. He does. Now, there's a lot of tactical reasons why you want Certain parts of Ukraine, you don't really have to have the entirety of the nation at the moment. But there are far too many things in play right now to pretend for a second that he's not going to go. So I think, I think Joe Biden's right. I think... Vladimir had already made up his mind, and I think he'd made it up his mind quite a while back, and the rest of this posturing is just an effort to buy time so that nobody interferes and so he can continue to position and move troops where he wants to put them. Do you think there was a, a bit of an informal agreement between him and Xi Jinping uh, when they had their little face-to-face meeting right before the Olympics started? But the Olympics have shut down now. They're closed down. The ceremonies are coming up. If they haven't already happened, they're coming to an end in a little bit. Matter of minutes at this point. I don't know exactly when it was because I haven't watched a single instant of the Olympics this year. And I'm far from the only one. In fact, I wouldn't even realize they were closing down today if I hadn't read it somewhere. I would imagine there's a lot of folks out there that feel the same way. So here's the deal. We're about to see Russians in to. Ukraine and we're about to see China flying planes towards Taiwan and make no mistake about it both these things are going to happen relatively quickly in the next little bit and of course Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. is going to be all about the well we couldn't do much about one because we were trying to do something in the other And we had time to prepare to put troops in place uh, in our NATO allies' countries that were bordering the Ukraine. And we didn't have time to react to what happened in Taiwan. Although I have no doubt that barely there, Beijing-Biden has no interest whatsoever in trying to stop China. He's still getting money from them, uh, whether they want to admit it or not. And – I still like to completely throw out the completely conspiratorial theory. I'll admit it. I'm wearing my tinfoil hat for it. But I think there's some legitimate reasons to believe that Joe Biden would like a Russian invasion of Ukraine to try to make sure that any remaining evidence in Ukraine might disappear. Uh, Evidence of what? Well, evidence of things going on between Biden, Hunter, and the crime family. So what else do we have to say? Ukraine is in for it. Canada's going to have to stand up, and we will have to be vigilant. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for us to take a break right here. You guys stay right where you're at, and we'll continue after these brief messages. Doug, take it away. My name's
0: Joe Biden. My name is Joe Biden. My name's Joe Biden. I'm Joe Biden's husband. Thank you. Thank you, George. Uh, will you ever run for political office again? No. No. Blind, dog-faced, pony who who, who who takes what when? You cannot
1: go to a 7-Eleven
0: or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. My name's Joe Biden. I'm Joe Biden's husband. I want to be clear, I'm not going nuts. I'm not sure there was
1: a medical school or whatever I spoke to, was all I came. I keep forgetting I'm president. Frequencies around the world. Listen up. The shop is here, and you can order TLF radio swag right now and show your friends
0: and neighbors you're awake by wearing one of our many shirts, including our Let's Go
1: Brandon shirt. That one is a hot
0: seller, so get yours while supplies last.
1: We have coffee mugs, clocks, so never miss your favorite shows, books, mouse pads. Just go to thelastfrequency.com and click the shop link. That's
0: thelastfrequency.com and get to shopping. Regime leader Joe Biden has warned Americans that a Russian invasion of Ukraine over there will affect Americans here. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Regime leader Biden went on to say in a recent speech, quote, I will not pretend this will not be painless. He may not be aware, but since the day Biden's regime was installed, it has been anything but painless. Up to now, he alone is responsible for any energy supply shortcomings and high prices we, the people here, are having to put up with. Because he, Biden, shut down our Keystone Pipeline and gave approval for Russia to connect an energy pipeline to Germany while also forbidding drilling for oil on federal lands and shutting down licensing for oil drilling in the Gulf of Mexico. By the way, I'm still wondering why the federal government owns up to 70% of the land mass in some states like Utah and turned over our national parks and some cities like New York City to the United Nations. Mm. I'm Ron Edwards. For Constitutional Grounds coffee, simply go to BlueRidgeCoffeeCrafters.com.
1: Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. You're listening
0: to the VARA Network. frequencies of all walks of life keep up with all things tlf radio by joining our mailing list go to the bottom of the homepage and fill in the form you'll get everything from guest info and show info and other important station related information so sign up now my name is joe biden
1: I keep forgetting I'm president. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. And, you know, I hate to even interrupt that tune because, first of all, I'm not entirely sure if that's really intended for Joe Biden or maybe it's intended for me. Either way, we're both no good, just in different ways. (laughs) All right. Speaking of no good, uh, we often think about the quality of public education in America these days of being no good. It's mostly become leftist indoctrination and – You know, they seem to have enjoyed it. They seem to have liked it, Uh, folks on the left. They seem to think that this is the wave of the future. In fact, right now there is seriously, and I'm not making this up, uh, I I seriously suggest you go ahead and check this out. The socialist candidate for president of France right now has just promised an end of homework in schools. That's how much they want to control education. But – for every minute we see something happen like Emperor Trudeau trying to force authoritarian tyranny down on our friends and neighbors to the north in Canada. For every time we get to see a uh, a Democratic office holder at the national level like a Chucky Schumer or Nancy Pelosi make some ridiculous statement that ignores our rights and ignores the Constitution, we still occasionally will see that. Blaming Flame of Liberty Papa, we'll see a reason to feel as if we have hope. Now, for those of us who are people of faith, we keep a certain amount of hope all the time. We, we know how it all ends. We just – we're hopeful of uh, what our role may be and, and where we're at along the timeline as far as where the story goes. But we just recently saw this recall of three school board members in San Francisco. And that's a pretty big deal. Now, for those of you who've had the pleasure of visiting San Francisco, and it really only was a pleasure depending on what time you went there, uh, you may have seen, if you went early enough, you know, pre 75, one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Rolling hills, streetcars, uh, ethnic diversity, one of the most awesome Chinatowns that exist in any city in the country with great restaurants, food of all kinds, all kinds of different architecture depending on what part of the town you were in. San Francisco was really an awesome place at once upon a time. After 75, it started moving downward because that's when Democrats first started taking control. But it wasn't an all-at-once thing. Once you got past the mid-'80s, it started picking up speed. Once you got past the 90s, it really started picking up speed. And now you're looking at a city with huge swaths that don't look that dissimilar from a third-world country. They literally became the first city in America where somebody could— Make money off of a poop app, an app that literally was designed for you to see where some homeless person had pooped (laughs) on the street. You could put in where it was to warn other people with the app so they could try to avoid it. Unfortunately, now even the poop app has become completely ineffective because it's kind of like that meme of uh, the doxing of every gun owner in the state of Texas where it was uh, uh, every small red dot was a, a home that had weapons in it and the whole freaking state is just red. <laughs> it's a lot like that now only as brown. This is where San Francisco is, a city that actually tried the legalized drug use, to, the providing of uh, doctors in a clinical setting, uh, tried to help Get homeless people who were on drugs uh, A a home of their own Of course they had no motivation To keep it or take care They tried all these things That uh, the big crack pipe giveaway That Biden was promoting the other day Uh, They tried all this first And they've moved away from it Because they've come to realize it doesn't work But they still believe that if somebody wants to be homeless, they should be allowed to be homeless, and eh, they're just victims, and we shouldn't be doing whatever. Okay, okay, guys, just stop with the bleeding hearts, and let's think for a minute. See, one thing has happened in the last year that I still credit a great deal of uh, the efforts of the, the investigative journalism over at the Daily Wire for, and that is once news broke about Loudoun County, Virginia, and the school systems there, people started taking a closer look at their school systems. The one thing they never anticipated is what happens when you wake up a mama bear, when parents start to realize that their children are being force-fed a steady diet of uh, racial essentialism, which is the primary building block of critical race theory, when they're constantly being belittled and they're… Ideas of what a family should look like is being destroyed when all this is being forced on them at an earlier and earlier age. When the parents started realizing that, then suddenly you saw people starting to wake up. And in San Francisco, you had a case where they just shut down the schools. COVID was the excuse, but it was only an excuse. They much rather just get together ever so often, have a meeting and talk about changing the names of schools. After all, a a Dianne Feinstein High School, uh, that had to go. She wasn't liberal enough for them anymore because she refused to attack Amy Coney Barrett over her Catholicism. She wouldn't make that uh, commitment. She wouldn't do it. So the uber-leftist in California, nope, can't have that. She's not one of us anymore. Dianne Feinstein, the same chick that had a Chinese spy as a driver for nearly 20 years, she wasn't far enough to the left for. Now, yeah, she's got to go. Now, it's understandable why they want uh, people like George Washington uh, taken away. Can't have a George Washington uh, school. Nope, because then you might want to ask questions about the founding of the country. You might accidentally find out that 1619 is a fiction and not historical fact. So can't have that. can't have an Andrew Jackson high school anymore. He's problematic. Even though he was of the left, he just wasn't woke enough. Of course, then again, who actually is? Is there anybody that's woke enough for the woke crowd? I mean, they think they are until they find out there's something they're not. But anyway, so Christopher Columbus, yeah, he's got to go. He brought... Uh, expansionism and colonialism here. So he's got to go. All that makes perfect sense, right? Well, if you're so focused on changing the names of schools rather than getting schools back open, there's a problem. When you're more concerned about whether or not you can continue to teach racial essentialism, whether you can keep forcing the tenets of critical race theory on these young, impressionable minds. If you can try and confuse them into believing that they, too, are gender-fluid, and so uh, they have no reason but to believe them, when they're told that their parents are completely moronic and you shouldn't listen to them because they're not woke, they don't understand, they're just dumb. You are smarter than your parents, kids. Now, we've had teachers start trying to convince kids of that back in the late 80s so they could start setting up what they're doing now. But when they started passing rules and regulations and and local ordinances that would allow uh, teachers and and guidance counselors to help these kids go get abortions without parental consent, when they were allowed to change their gender expression in school without parental uh, information, you know, we don't have to inform you, no, no, no. They mistakenly believe they're in charge, and they're now finding out the opposite. This recall election took out three of the worst uber-leftists, including the then school board president. And, of course, her reaction is, well, this is, white. this is white supremacy in action. You guys are being racist. But I got something for you that came out since then. Most of you, if you follow politics, you probably heard by now the name london breed she is the current uber leftist mayor of san francisco well she actually came out and made the statement that the uh, san francisco school board of education uh, they failed our children so after these three members of the board were ousted uh, by not just slim margins massive margins 75 percent or more margins I think that's a bit more than white supremacy in action. She came out and she said that she uh, was talking with Chuck Todd today at Meet the Press. Breed conceded that this recall effort was about parents' frustrations with the school board for prioritizing progressive concerns over the needs and put students back into the classroom. Quoting here saying, So, there's all these array of takes. This according to Chuck Todd After he read off several uh, headlines And then he said uh, So what's yours? London Breed responded Now remember this is Tony 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 The spirit just moved me London Breed Her excuse for not masking up for a concert She said Well my take is It was really about the frustration Of the Board of Education Doing their fundamental job And that is to make sure that our children are getting educated, that they get back into the classroom. And that did not occur. They were focused on other things that were clearly a distraction. Not to say that those other things around renaming schools and conversations around changing to our school districts weren't important. But what was most important was the fact that our kids were not in the classroom. Now, I want to stop her right there. What do you mean these conversations around changing the names of schools weren't important? Are you freaking kidding me? I got bad news for you. Now, I know what she's up to. I know exactly what she's doing. She's trying not to alienate the people that actually voted for those three morons in the first place, that put them in office. She's trying to keep her entire uber-leftist coalition behind her for her next big election endeavor for whatever office that might entail, whether she's seeking re-election or she's seeking higher office, whatever it may be. She wants to keep her coalition together, so she wants to keep them happy by saying, well, you know, it's still important, but most parents in the city think there are other things about a school board that are more important. So, okay, okay, I I see what you did there. I know why you did it. Doesn't make you right. Doesn't mean that that coalition that you're trying to keep together is worth keeping together. Because if they're going to get overruled so definitively, we'll go with that word. If you're going to get overruled so definitively, then what good is that part of the coalition anyway? Obviously, they're as crazy as you are, lady. Now, Breed, of course, she touted San Francisco's record on handling COVID-19, saying that the city's Department of Public Health had been a leader during the pandemic. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, Enforcing mask mandates and then vaccine mandates and all this other ridiculous crap that every other city and— California and every other city And New York and Half of the cities in Illinois Yeah, that doesn't make you a leader, honey I'm going to get accused of being sexist I just used the word honey Perhaps I shouldn't well, If you've seen London Breed, you would think that I must be crazy Yes, I need glasses But honey, that doesn't make you a leader It makes you a follower You're following the democratic, uber-leftist Party line. So, yeah, they were a leader during the pandemic, and in some cases, the city had put in place some of the most conservative policies to ensure the safety of all San Francisco. Really? Conservative policies? (laughs) Does somebody need to hand her a dictionary? I mean, I know she probably knows most of the things in the Urban Dictionary, but does she know the actual dictionary? I I mean, actually, a printed one uh, pre-1985. Because we know everything else is being changed and edited as we go crazy, but Bree did admit, however, and I will have to give her credit for this. Uh, she said, "quote We failed our children. Parents were upset. The city as a whole was upset, and the decision to recall school board members was a result of that." Well, you know they've got other folks that are coming up for recall. They've got a DA that's coming up for recall that. One has to wonder how he ever got elected in the first place. But all this to the side, she at least admitted that the city failed the kids. Now, when you're talking about a board of education, it is the children that are the most important part, right? But both school boards, whether you're talking about in Loudoun County, Virginia, or several other Virginia school boards, or several other school boards almost anywhere across the country, one thing has been made clear through these events. Their fear of the parents. Their fear of the parents finding out what's going on. The one good thing, the one and only good thing that came from these lockdowns and the shutdowns of the school is that a lot of parents got to peek in on the Zoom meeting education. When you got to see the distance learning, when you got to see what was actually being said, what was actually being taught, a a fire was lit. When you saw people flat out lie about what was going on inside the school buildings when the ones that were open you saw oh well i guess there was the, the one other thing uh doug reminded me that there was some uh, cleaning of the air pollution in china so okay there's two things from the the artificial lockdowns that were positive i'll give you that that's actually a pretty good one so nice contribution uh, that's why i like having doug in the producer's seat uh he actually produces, uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's still this very simple, basic concept though, guys. We should have never stepped so far away in the first place. We should have never allowed lefties in particular, but anyone, no matter how conservative they might be, to be – just take over our responsibilities for raising our children. Way too many of us have let television and other people take over the rearing of the kids and then wonder why we don't seem to have a relationship anymore. Why are our children so confused about who they are and what they are? Why do we have people lecturing us to follow the science, yet they don't understand basic biology or understand how to read a uh, chart regarding uh, the difference between infection rates and hospitalization rates. We're told to follow the science, and they don't seem to know what science even means. You will become one with the Borg. (laughs) And resistance is futile, but uh, that's their mindset. They really do believe that resisting them is futile… And that they will assimilate our technological and individual differences to serve their collective. (laughs) That's actually a very, very good uh, sound clip for that spot. Again, thank you, Doug. They have failed, but they haven't. See, that's the tricky part. For what we expected them to do, they've fallen far short, but that was never their agenda, that was never their goal. The leftists in this country have known for a long time if they wanted to eventually unseat the very idea of America, they had to do it through the young. They had to indoctrinate our kids at an early age. So they started in college. They thought that would be good enough, and it worked really well. But they realized that by the time these kids got to college, they had already had enough of a background that they could be brought back from the dark side. And several of them would go out, uh, live their own life, experience a few things, and then when that glorious lack of life experience was no longer what defined them, they realized, like most of us, that there's a lot of merit in conservative values. So okay, then they started going into high schools. That's a little better. They can hold on to those kids for even longer. They're now creating people that won't change back. But then they realize, why should we hold back? Why shouldn't we just start in pre-K? I was talking on my own show just this past week about a conference where a group, an international group of teachers got together. But uh, they were focused on how to treat, how to teach gender identity from kindergarten through fifth grade, how they were accidentally coming up with discussions. All men and women
0: created by
1: go. You know the you know the thing. <laughs> and and they're trying to make the kids as confused as Biden sounded right there. <laughs> they were, and they're doing a great job. We see the social, di- corporate America places like Disney are incorporating insane ideas and visions to normalize this activity in cartoons that they're forcing down our kids' throats. But these teachers were accidentally, air quotes, working great on radio, uh, discussing and introducing the discussion of sexual identities. For kids that aren't anywhere close to puberty, I'm sorry, if you're not even close to puberty, how are you supposed to know what your sexual identity is? We used to understand in this country that even once they got past puberty, it wasn't the role of the school teacher to have those conversations. Somehow or another, late 70s, throughout the 80s, this change was hoisted upon us so that the normalization became, well, the parents don't want to have these conversations with their kids, so we'll go ahead and do it. And now... And now we have distribution of birth control in school bathrooms, available for free, paid at the taxpayer expense. And don't you dare ask if you're a parent about what's even going on in there. I mean, how are you supposed to get an education if you're actually running a brothel? I guess just collecting taxpayer money to do it instead. And, and that's what a few of these places seem to be. The Loudoun County School Board, again, I keep going back to this because it, it boggles my mind. It's the principal bald-faced lied about no sexual assaults in the school. When the kid has just, just been tried and just had his initial sentence uh, vacated and had a new one put in place because he's assaulted yet a third person at another school. No, but it's not fair. It's just not fair. You know, what's not fair is, B, being able to put a skirt on, walk into a women's bathroom, and act like I'm not there for the view. That's what's not fair. Why should I be able to walk into a Target somewhere and just say, well, I'm gender fluid, and while I felt pretty masculine this morning, I'm feeling like a woman now. And I say this because of how ridiculous it sounds, and I really don't want to belittle or detract from the folks that actually are suffering from gender dysphoria. It is a real thing. It does happen uh, to a much smaller degree than what we would be led to believe right now. Now there's gender confusion that's being created by the supposed authority figures. (laughs) I'm being called Corporal Clinger. You see, the thing is… Klinger was trying to prove that he was crazy. Now, they would just look the other way and say, good job, uh, soldier, and give him a salute and send him back on his way. They wouldn't be allowed to ask him a question. It would be considered, bra- he would probably get a freaking medal. Corporal Klinger, wearing the dress, would get a medal today for being so brave. Even if he hid under a table, if somebody shot in his general direction. Not the kind of bravery you want from the military. I don't have time to delve too deeply down into that particular subject. We are getting really close to the end of the broadcast. And uh, before we get too much further, I do want to make sure, once again, remind everybody, send some of your positive thoughts, send your prayers, if you will, to Dr. Ren. He, uh Hopefully we can get him a, a speedy recovery and get him back on air taking over his show. Because heaven knows he probably doesn't want me taking over too many times here. Uh I, I would doubt that at any rate. But I I have had a blast tonight. Uh, when, thank when, you one never knows, you know, when uh, he, he's out for a while. One never knows what's going to happen. <laughs> it, it does get a little wild and crazy. But that's part of the fun over here at the last frequency. You never know what you're going to get, but it's always going to be uh, worth the ride. Uh, definitely, though, let's make sure we send that positive energy his way. We uh, definitely want uh, Dr. Rand feeling better. Uh, regardless of uh, how quickly he returns to on air. Uh, Also want to thank Doug again, doing a great job producing. Uh, Thank you, sir. And I want to thank all you guys for listening. Absolutely, positively, the honor is mine. And I'm humbled ever so greatly the fact that you would sit here and listen to me babble about these topics uh, when I know that you guys are probably already better informed. You're just listening to me, let you know that you're not alone. And with that, let me close out the way I normally close out on my show. And that is, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. But mostly, if you can, stay healthy, stay safe, and uh, be smart out there, even if it goes against your nature. Have a great night, everybody. Live
0: long and prosper. Frequency.